take your balloons to the next level as we delve deeper into what truly makes a professional balloon artist with your host, Zivi Kivi. Now, welcome to the Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is Season 1, Chapter 6, and today we have a very special guest. I had the opportunity of meeting my guest on the WC 2014, and actually even of competing with him, Derek Wong, is a very talented Canadian balloon artist. He does amazing sculptures, amazing decor. His skill is awesome. And in this interview, he will talk about why challenging yourself will help your business grow. Here's a short sponsorship ad, and then we'll go right into the interview. Our sponsor today is Qualitex, the very best balloons. Qualtex makes great balloons, but they also create awesome conventions. And WBC 2016 is just around the corner. If you are on the fence and you need an extra push, something to help you decide to go to WBC, something that will help you get the entire $795 US investment back to your business big time, then I got something prepared for you from Zivikivi and from Qualitex. So check that out on balloonartistpodcast.com slash WBC. And you can see that if you are on the fence, we can really help you get off the fence and go to New Orleans in 2016. And if you are going to WBC 16, then I would love to meet you there. Come say hello in the jam room and stay tuned till the end of the chapter where I will give details about the impromptu jam that we are going to have in the last night of WBC. So without further ado, here is Derek Wong. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. I am so thrilled. This is chapter number six. And today with me, we have a very talented balloon artist from Canada. His name is Derek Wong. And before I even uh, give him the right to speak, I, I just must read you out some of his achievements as a balloon artist. So in 2013, he won the best Get Through the Door sculpture in the T-Jam. He also won the Color Quest for the Balloon Magic magazine, the first place, and the third place on the Color Quest for the Blush Color. On 2014, I had the privilege of meeting with Derek Wong in the WBC. We had some great time on the impromptu jam on the last day. And he won with his sculptures the silver achievement for the deliverable sculpture, the bronze achievement for the balloon fashion competition, the bronze achievement for the balloon hat, the bronze achievement for the balloon column, and the bronze achievement for the balloon figure. So he competed in five different competitions, winning all of those achievements. And that, that's not an easy task to do. You, you need to score a certain amount of points in order to get those achievements. In 2015, on the um, Golden World Color Quest, he won the first place. On the Coral Color Quest, he won the second place. And in Twist and Shout, he won third place for 12-minute balloon sculpture. Wow, Derek, it looks like you're very busy with challenging yourself. So uh, we, this is uh, the main topic uh, for today. Uh, as, uh, as you know, the first season of uh, the Balloon Artist podcast, we are trying to figure out how to improve our income as balloon artists and uh, what kind of things we can do on the strategic level, what kind of activities we should try to, to do and how to challenge ourselves. You found a very specific way of how to improve your business. So we would like to ask you first, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what do you do in order to make an income from balloons? Wow. Um, yes. Well, I started my, my balloon journey back in 2011. I started as a, a hobbyist, uh, just I think like most everyone else. Then I had a full-time job 
until 2013, which my job got outsourced. Then, well, that's the time I start to think, like, should I do something else? Um, I was an IT person doing a lot of um, IT and computer stuff, right? So, yeah, it's hard to make a connection with the balloon side, which is more creativity instead of uh, more, like, I consider myself more nerdy or geeky, like, hiding in the back of the room, not talking to anyone, and just in front of the keyboard and and monitor but uh, now I start switching because I like balloons so much it was a fun um, it was a hobby for me and it was fun to make people smile so that's the time I start since then I start looking on um, internet and searching through all kind of inspirations um, I came across uh, a lot of uh, great artists like David Brennan Buster Balloons a bunch of um, uh, artists from Japan, uh, Takahiro Kai, like those amazing, amazing uh, stuff. So um, my jaw was dropped right on the floor as soon as I saw their creation. So I was amazed. Like, and I want to, I was, I said to myself, I want to be one of them, uh, or, or at least close to be one of them um, someday, some, some, sometimes. And that's uh, pretty much how I, how I start to charge myself. That's awesome, and uh, I can definitely relate to that. That like the people that you mentioned are really our rock stars of the of the niche of uh, balloon art. And I have to ask, but when you started in 2011 as a hobbyist, like what was your level? Well, um, at that time I was. It's funny that um, I. <laughs> Before I, 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 before I play with balloons, I was more interested in in magics. Um, I do. I actually still have a lot of my magic collection with me. I got like a bunch of DVDs, video, VHS, and books, um, uh, pops, and everything. I spend. Well, according to, to to my wife, I spend way much more than I can afford on on magic stuff. <laughs> I'm sure all the magicians can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, well, I came across a balloon package that I got from a garage sale. Um, I start learning how to do like basic balloon dog, um, like one balloon dog and the flowers, and that was pretty much all I can do um, before I before I start as a a balloon hobbyist in 2011 so my my level is started at like a one balloon dog um, and but but like in three years you reached a level where you're already winning in the color quest competitions so uh, what happened in those three short years well that's a very interesting question um now thinking about it um it's uh yeah it's uh it's it's I even amazed myself that um I came across like I came to that level while it's not it's still not a very high level from my point of view I still want to improve myself um but uh, one of the major thing is um what I find is to like the love of like my passion and the love of balloon really pushed me um, um, to improve my skill and my design. I consider the balloon is an art form and I really focus on the creativity. The way how I learned how to do balloons is instead of like reading a bunch of recipes, I... I will get on the webs, uh, the internet, and look at other people's uh, piece. I will see how they like, I will look at their works, and I will try to figure out um, how I can recreate their work um, using what I know. Um, so that way, it really helps me to like it. It helps to train my creativity. Uh, my how my brain function as a balloon artist 
And on the other hand, like I start to get in touch with uh, other balloon artists in the field and try to learn some new skills, of course. Well, I find that YouTube really helped and going to, to convention, especially like WBC or Twist and Show, and interact with other balloon artists, like especially the, the really good one, it really helped improving my balloon work. That's awesome. Did you also have uh, some kind of uh, system for practicing or for challenging yourself? Yes and no. Um, first of all, I don't, I don't, well, I find that the balloon is more like an art form. And in reality, you cannot make your art a better art by just keep repeating doing the same thing at a certain level. Uh, of course, uh, certain skill, if you keep doing it, I'm like there, there are skills that you still need to practice in, in balloons. Uh, certain like traits, certain certain special techniques, but um, I find the most important part is the creativity part, which is um, the most like you you cannot repeat the same thing ten times um, to improve your creativity. That's not so. Um, the way how I do it is um, read or I look at other people's work, absorb, and come up try to come up with my own version of it it doesn't have to be exactly like the same piece but i'm trying to express my uh, this the uh, how how to say like i try to express the same piece of artwork using my own way so how often would you do that how often would you challenge yourself during those first years i would do it pretty much every week so I will like start going on and and being on the internet and being in the group of like like sorry being as a member of multiple uh, balloon groups it really helps because people share their works um, you get inspiration from the, all different kind of peoples so at the at the at that time I I was pretty much going on and every every week and try to like search through inspiration the other thing. Another way it really helps is to sometimes you all, all you need is just to blow up some balloons and start playing with them. You, like you don't you don't necessarily to be creating a certain things. You just grab a balloon and start twisting and see how it comes. And those are the most important process in like in my in my journey. That's uh, like to be the the balloon artist that I want to be. I see. About once a week, you would actually recreate a sculpture. Yeah, I would say about once a week. Sometimes, like, depends on how how much time do I have. Like, I got, I also got two young kids with me, so yeah, like, I'm and, sure people understand. And, yeah, I have three of them here. How, how about uh, what would you do with that sculpture? Is that something you would sell, or you would just? give to your kids well at the first couple at the first few years like i still work in the office i basically like um give them uh sometimes i give them out in my workplace at one point i i i actually ran i ran a fundraising program you know Back uh, in 2011, there was a, a tsunami in Japan. I did a fundraising program, and um, like one of the reasons is I want to um, do something for 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 the country. The other thing is I want to challenge myself um, to see what I can do with balloons. And at that time, I still know my knowledge in balloon is very green. I accept the challenge, like I. I, I let people tell me what they want, and I will, I would, I will do my best to make it, and and that really helps to improve my skill because I got to think, and I got to try stuff that I had never tried be tried before. So um, I find that uh, that that really helpful. Like, but sometimes I just create something, and I might not like it or. I don't feel like giving it to anyone. I they would just sit in my basement on my desk, and so I can look at it. <laughs> yeah, cool. 
It's really just uh, mind-blowing for me because you say you don't practice because you don't do the same thing over and over, but you do practice. You, you practiced in your first years every week, creating a huge uh, elaborated sculpture, uh, challenging your skills, uh, trying to learn new skills. I would definitely recommend to all balloon artists out there, if you're feeling that your level of uh, accuracy and your level of your art is not uh, uh, as high as you want it to be and as high as you you can see some of Derek's, Derek's work uh, online on his website. And we will put a link uh, on the show notes uh, on the balloonartistpodcast.com uh, to your website. So uh, if you see Derek's work and you say, hey, I want to be more like him, then one of the things you need to ask yourself is, do you practice enough? Do you, do you challenge yourself? So uh, challenging yourself is something that you apparently do very well and very often. Uh, so I, I want to ask you, like uh, in, in the very broad, broadest sense that, uh, that you can answer, why bother? Why bother compete? Why bother challenging yourself? Well, that is a good, um, that's, a, that's actually a very interesting question. Well, I think I one of the um, one of the reason is um, like balloon is a passion of mine, and I really want to do it really well. And it's not just for let's say making money or um, or or getting a lot of customers, but sometimes you want if there's something you really like, you want to put more effort and make it like you. You want to be um, your best, at least. Um, you want to do the best and uh, give it, um, give your best effort to um, to create something. Like in in terms of balloons, I want to do my best to create something that at least I I will like it, uh, um, or my like my, my client will like it. Um, it's, it's 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 actually more interesting that I find it's easier to impress my client than to impress uh, myself. Most of the time, I I create something and I spend five hours and I just find that I don't like it. I scrap it all and start again. Uh, I think I'm sure some like I'm sure there are many many balloon artists doing the uh, do do the same, but it's more like a a personal thing, I think, um, to to motivate myself to another level. And as what you say, why bother competing? I will find I find competition is um, like at a certain point. I ran a fundraising program just what just be, just because I want to charge myself to create new 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 stuff. But after a certain point, um, it's I, I find myself cannot. I find myself slow down, and I will. And one other way to really push myself is to challenge myself and compete with other people, um, especially some of the top in the in the world. I might not. I don't like. I did not think I will win. Uh, it's not my. It's well. I won't say it's not my goal. I would love to win, but the, my major, my my purpose is that I want to see what I what I can come up um, at like in the competitions. Um, I want to charge myself to come up with the new stuff that I had never created be- before, or something that are much better than what I had created. Um, that's why I say it's more like a personal thing that I want to, um, I want to do my best to um, to fu- to fulfill my passions. Awesome! It sounds like uh, almost like you just don't have a choice. It just, <laughs> it just uh, that that's who you are. You 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 need the challenge. You need to make yourself the best that you can. Yes. Yes. That's. Um, you are you are quite correct on that part. Um, sometimes, well, I'm sure. Let's especially now, I spend more time to do 
to try to run my 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 business um i i actually spend less time to create or to work on balloons so being in 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 competition it really helped to um to activate my brain cell and uh, like to let me exercise my creativity um like i'm sure sometimes all all balloon art all balloon artists like like will need a moment to go to go back and and to like okay and ask yourself like what i like or ask my my myself what i can what i can make what i can do next like i can now i can create let's say i can create a dress now how do i make my dress prettier yeah yeah so that kind of feeling yeah Okay, so let, let's talk about uh, a specific, like a theoretical uh, composition coming up. And I would like to ask you about the preparation work. So you, you have a, a date, let's say, uh, I don't know, a few weeks from now. And what would you do? How would you uh, come up with an idea? How would you prepare yourself for the challenge? Um. It depends. Like most of my, it's funny that most of my competition pieces, like especially the color crest, I didn't know what I was going to make until I'm making it. Like let's say the um, the um, the most current one, which would be the core the coral color, which uh, is a dragon. Um, I actually submit that. I create that the day before the deadline um, and I submitted like pretty much at the last hour um, because I had a hard time thinking like what I want to make um, what the reason for that is I I came up with at least 20 different ideas but I scrapped them all out because oh this is like I tell my, myself this isn't good enough or this isn't going to work um so sometimes I find that I kind of like I go with my guts, and some of the inspiration, most or or actually most of my inspiration didn't come until the very last minute. How many hours does it take to create uh, one of those color quest uh, sculptures? Um, it would take some of them. It takes um at least a day. Um, to make, uh, I will say the dragon itself took about six hours. Um, now if I, if, if I'm going to recreate, it will take much less time, but it's the creating process that takes the longest because I spend, I will say the 80% of the time I was actually playing with the balloons. And if you see, if you, um, if you are sitting right next to me, looking at me, seeing me create the uh, one of the, competi- the, the competition piece, I will have a bunch of balloons just blow up and twisted and a bunch of things that I don't even know what they are. They are on the floor and, and just, just, so, just, just around me. So the creating process takes the longest. And, um, and, uh, so like the 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 actual building time isn't that long but the create the create the creator like the creating time is the it takes the longest trying to form the idea and to to the final piece um yeah where where do you take the picture of the piece um i have i have well this year i have set up my own mini studio. I have a couple black jobs uh, with uh, seamless paper, and I set up. I bought myself a few light um, uh, lighting system. So it's not a big one. Um, it's a corner of my basement, but yeah, they are very efficient and very is it it served the purpose. Um, I really like it. Um, before that, I just got a couple of light, um, a job cough, and uh, I just 
put my balloons there and take pictures and well apparently in uh, the color quest entries in 2013 um those was just taking um those pictures was taken um right in front of a drop cough with a couple uh um that's uh that's like so like the color is kind of off and yeah it's it's it looks horrible <laughs> <laughs> and uh, do you what kind of light do you use is that uh, led uh no i just use the um the regular, well, not the regular, but they have the fixed light is uh, the the CLF, the uh, the uh, spiral uh, uh, light light bulb. Um, but I bought them there, so they're a certain um, uh, white le- white level. Um, yes. I think they match the uh, daylight something like uh, something like that. So, um, but it. But all the pictures comes out much nicer, and I also got myself a new um, uh, DSL, uh, DSL um, It yeah, I find I find that works way much better than a cell phone or one of those point and shoot. Um, so if uh, if you want to take some nice good good picture of your work, I would say I would strongly recommend. Um, to invest on at least a mini photo box uh, or some like a minimum set of lighting plus a DSLR. Yeah, uh, cool. Um, d- did it happen to you that you recreated one of your uh, Color Quest sculptures? Um. Yes, I've been asked to. Well, in one of the like I feel like one of the my 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 color quest um, back in two thousand and thirteen is an ogre. That was that was the brush. Um, I actually managed to simplify it um, to a version that I can recreate in less than seven minutes. Um, it's a more simplified version. I actually tried to uh, enter one of the other competition, like a seven-minute competition, uh, with with a miniature ver- version of it. Um, did not win, but I think it's. Uh, but but I like I like I still like the re- result a lot, and 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 it used the same design. Um, it's a simplified design, but it still looks the same. As um, as the actual competition piece, um, but unfortunately, no one, no client has requested for one yet. I would love to, I would love yeah. to, uh, to sell one of those. Yeah, I, I'm. I bet that some techniques from those color quest uh, sculptures come up uh, handy later in one of your gigs. Uh, or that you do a decoration, so I, I'm sure that uh, you you find that uh, you're using all of the knowledge that you used for those color quest sculptures. Yeah, yeah, for definitely. Oh. So I want to ask you about your customers, um, like uh, when they are booking you, are they are they aware that they are getting superior level of Sculptures of balloon art. Well, some of them, like most of them, um, I would, I would, I would not say all of them, but at least most of them, um, I will, I will emphasize that is part of my marketing materials. Um, like I, I market myself as an award-winning um, balloon artist and. Uh, a CBA is a, a certified balloon artist. By the um, way, when did you do the CBA? I did my CBA back in 2004. Actually, I think I got my CBA on 2013, yes. Wow. Mm. And uh, yeah, I started doing it in 2012, but I, yeah, but I got my CBA on 2013. Uh, yeah, I, I I was actually really happy, really happy that I did it. 
of course, I got a discount on going to WBC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, that that's something that uh, I can I definitely I would I'm 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 using to um, as one of my marketing tools or my part part of my my marketing plan is to let my client know that they are getting like a, a pre- like pretty much a world class balloon service. I believe that uh, your marketing is uh, is correct. <laughs> they they are getting world-class balloon service Uh, and I have to ask what does it does the fact that you know that they are getting world-class and uh, usually also the customer knows uh, that he's getting a first-class service so what does it does to your fees do you charge the same fees as any other service in your area well I well I definitely set my fee um, in the in the mid-high level um, I won't say um, I won't say I'm the I'm the I'm I'm not the most expensive one, but I'm definitely not the cheapest one. I set it in the average, like pretty much in between the average to the to the top of the line, um, uh, of the top of the line uh, price. Actually, I think I'm pretty close to the top of the line price too, even though I'm not. I know someone else charge more, which is also at another great balloon artist. I do check the, the market price, and I also get information from the local entertainers um, association, like the Krang Ali, um, to see how other people charges. Um, I make sure I charge a bit more than what they charge because yeah, yeah because I find that the price tells your clients a lot of information. Um, and if you charge, let's say, if you charge $20 per hour, the client will expect a $20 per hour, like a $20 service, maybe less. Um, but if I'm charging $200, then they will expect that, oh, you must be really, really good because you are charging way higher than what, what other people charge. Um, so, th- that is the first impressions uh, they will get is um, is like I'm a very good balloon artist at least in my area. Yeah. Do you also do line work events? I do line work, um, not much. Uh, not most of my line work uh, event is um, <coughs> in like birthday party. I don't get much other event like carnivals or or like kids shows that kind of things because i find most of the the shows or the events first of all they don't they don't want to pay you and you will end up being like a balloon machine um just pumping out like one balloon dogs and one one balloon saw um i don't mind doing those if i get the pay but yeah those are not my Target group, uh, my main, like for line work stuff. I my target would be like high end birthday parties, um, which I can actually spend like like on every time. Like every time a parents asking, I send me an inquiry. Um, I send them. Uh, I have three different package like um, a lower high, a lower price one a mid-price one, and then a more expensive, and then the most expensive one. Um, and of course, I try to uh, upsell the most expensive package. Um, but with the most expensive package, they also get a lot more stuff. Like they get longer times, they get um, other decoration stuff, and they will get a custom-made sculpture um, for me. Um, but I also, on my on my package, I also let them know that okay this package is for two hours and i will recommend you have uh, this package if you have 25 kids so it's um so that way i send a message to the parents basically i try i will tell the parents like don't book two hours if you have more than 25 kids like book me you have to book me uh, for a longer time but 
uh, instead of like telling them right on the face, I kind of say, oh, I recommend 25 kids for this package. Um, so I, I do have parents uh, come back and ask what happened if they have they want to put more kit in it. Um, I will let them know that, okay, yes, definitely you can do more kit, but um, if you only want two hours or one hour for me, um, if you have like 60 kids, I will, I will let them know that, um, do the simple math, say, okay, that's one minute per kid. And that's pretty much not possible and uh, to make something really good for your guests. And like, and it's not money well spent on your end if you just want to use the cheapest service, um, but to impress your guests. So you you try to let them know that the value, um, like I try to let them know that that's my value, and uh, and I try to help them to maximize what they get on what they pay. I love what you just said. Uh, let me just emphasize one specific point: the customer needs to know that by, by booking you for enough time, they will be able to impress their guests. Yes, and that. That's the, that's the key benefit for them. That's, that's maybe the main reason why they are booking a balloon artist. That's, they, they want to put that wow effect. They want to make sure that their guests are going after the event and talking about the event and complimenting your customer about the event. And that's something you need to emphasize to your customer when you talk with them. Exactly. Like you want, you want to emphasize the the experience, not just for the birthday kids, but also all the guests and all the other parents. Now, and on your own benefit too, uh, because when when the other parents sees what you can do and what you can do with other guests, they will tend to book you for their party as well. Awesome. That's a great tip. So we're almost running out of our time for today. I want to ask you uh, about over-delivering. So uh, this is a concept that is very important for me, and uh, I, I know it's for you as well. So when a customer is making a booking for a decor piece, mm-hmm. I know that uh, you will do all that it takes in order to make that piece perfect, even at the expense of working more hours. So why, why do you do that? Why do you keep over-delivering to your customers? Well, first of all, um, when I take a decor job, uh, of, yeah, I want, I want the job looks the best. And there are a time limit um, when you try to do it on site. Most especially for parties and uh a lot of venue, they only allow uh, people to have like half hour or less or an, an hour ahead to do the decorate to, to do the decoration, and that's pretty much impossible to to do a good job within that time frame. So um, I spend most of the time. I will. I would. I would build the decorations um, here in my place. And uh, and I take it there, so that way I can I ensure the quality, and I ensure that the um, I have enough time uh, to work on the uh, to work on the decor like the the decoration piece that um, to look like to the way I want. That is pretty much the that is the main re- the main reason. Now the only time that I cannot de- do the delivery is the job. This way too big that I cannot build in my in my house. I have to be there, but uh, that but then I have to ensure the the client will allow me to will will have uh will allow me to have enough time to to do it. And uh, do you usually take the time to also photoshoot your pieces for the customers before you leave your your home? Depends, like if that is a completed pieces, something like sometimes the way the pieces is way too big, so I I I have to build sections of them and then assemble uh, at at on site. I try to minimize the um, 
the 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 amount of work I have to do on site. Though, um, but once I set up the pieces, I will I would want to do a bunch of good photo shoots. That's mostly for myself for my portfolio. But in terms of for the client, I find that if you do if I did a really nice pieces, uh, most of the time the client will actually send me their photos, like photos that they took um, in the event or with their kids or, you know, those are actually, I think, I find those are more valuable than the photo that I took because now the client is showing their experience, um, their memory, and they're sharing that with me. So you know that the client's happy because otherwise they would just like forget about you. I, yeah. Um, so I would, uh, I, that, I would actually love to see to more to see more of the what the client took than what I took. Uh, of course, I still took a bunch of photos for myself just for my keepsake. So yeah, in terms of photo shooting, I would uh, I would I would actually highly like every single time when I finish the job, I would tell my client make sure you take a lot of photos, send whatever mm. you like to me. Tag me on Instagram or tag me on Fate on on Facebook because because their work about my work uh, is more is more powerful than what I say. That's so awesome. So so you get to customer you you create a, a wonderful experience for them with your decoration, which is top notch. And you, I invite people to go and see your work on your Facebook and on your website. And then when you ask them to tag you on Instagram and on Facebook and so on and put their pictures uh, by themselves of your pieces, they are actually becoming uh, your champions. They are, they are working for you and they love to do it because the work you gave, you basically over-delivered. You gave them a, an amazing piece, an yeah. amazing decor. Exactly. Like it's more important... To, for other people to see what my clients experience than me just like saying how great my work is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So uh, before we finish, uh, uh, can you share with us where should people go if they want to learn more about your work? Um, yeah. Um, you, they can definitely go on my website. Um, I'm still working on it, but you will see a lot of links there. Uh, my website is uh, www.twistedinfations.ca. Um, Twisted Inflations, T-W-I-S-T-I-N-F-L-A-T-I-O-N-S. Like, it's a really long word. Um, but it's tristedinflation.ca, um, and also my fa- my Facebook, which which has uh, pretty much all my all my works fo- fo- photos there, is also Trista in Trista in Inflations. Yeah, and uh, we'll put a link for both of them on our website on the brunartistpodcast.com, and uh, y- you really need to see some of the works on your website and on your Facebook are just uh, really inspiring. And uh, uh, I just, I just love your work, Derek. So thank you. Really, it was an honor to have you on the show. I think uh, it's my honor uh, to be here too. Thank you. And let's wrap up. Uh, like people just uh, try to, to, to challenge yourself, try to over deliver and uh, see for yourself uh, in Derek Wong's uh, website, what happens when you challenge yourself for two, three, five years? You get to a really high level of, of, of uh, artistic ability. So, Derek, I take my hat off and uh, I thank you for your time with us. Thank you. That's so awesome that Derek Wong is sharing and sharing his persistence and sharing his business values with us because that's exactly the kind of inspiration that helps me and I hope that it will help you to inspire yourself, to push yourself, to kick yourself in the ass, and to go and to challenge yourself. So here are the three main takeaways I'm taking from Derek Wang. The first one is about why bother challenging yourself. And I think that Derek gave 
pretty good reasons why you want to keep challenging yourself. The second thing is more precisely the fact that while growing, he did a weekly challenge for himself and he chose a picture from Facebook and basically reversed engineered it and re- reverse engineering a, con- a, a sculpture and trying to come up with the same sculpture for the first time and maybe after that also to create a variation of it. That is something that just improves your skills and improves your content basically. And when your content is top notch, you deserve higher fees, which is awesome. And finally, the fact that Derek Wong is a man that knows how to over deliver. So when he sells a sculpture or a deliverable or a decor, he will make sure that this, the result is so astoundingly beautiful that the service that he gave is such a good service that the customer will, will be wowed and the customer will want to refer other people to, to Derek Wong and it will justify his fees. So over-deliver, always over-deliver. That was Season 1, Chapter 6 of the Balloon Artist Podcast. I would like to remind you that we have a Facebook group for this show. It's called Balloon Artist. Feel free to hop in. Just ask for a request to join the group, the Balloon Artist group. It, this group contains information about the next chapter, who is going to be the interviewee, and what kind of information behind the scene you can learn. And and also, this Facebook group is an opportunity to interact between different listeners and between uh, listeners that want to suggest additional uh, interviewees or additional topics. Uh, so uh, feel free to join the Balloon Artist Facebook group and see you there, guys. That was everything for today. See you after the music. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is Season 1, Chapter 6, and here is today's tip. Today's tip is more about a mindset. And that's a mind shift, actually, that I want all of you to take. And if you will, your businesses will grow and you will grow as a, as, a, as a person. And the idea is that you need to serve your customers. You need to serve your audience. You need to serve your Patreons. Nothing that you do is about providing a specific service that you're capable to provide. That doesn't mean anything. No one cares about your trophies or about the conventions you've seen or about this project or that project that you did. The only thing that that is important for your customers and which are your Patreons, the only thing that is important is their problem and their problem that you can solve if you serve them. And when you start to look at your customer as someone that has a problem that you want to fix and that you can fix, you suddenly start to hear about additional problems that you have. And if you want to serve them, you can solve those other problems as well. And maybe all they need is a specific service from you. But once you want to do it under the, the guidance of wanting to serve them, that's when you suddenly actually see what they need and provide them exactly what they need. That's when the customer feels that you see them. And serving a customer doesn't mean asking for less money. It just doesn't. The money that you charge is always in relationship with how much value you're giving. Serving your customer doesn't mean you need to charge less money. That's not the idea. The idea is to give more value, more perceived value, like the one that Sue Baller explains on chapter one. And when you serve your audience with a service that gives more perceived value, it makes sense that it will cost more. When you do try to serve your customer, that's when you suddenly find that they have more problems that they need to solve. And there are sometimes surprising problems, not the ones that you've considered. Uh, Like, for example, on my business, uh, one of my customers told me that uh, as an OCD mother that wants everything to be perfect, she needs me to sell plates and cups 
with my brands and my colors. And because I'm not doing this, she needs to work harder in order to make her event perfect. So now, by listening to my customer, by wanting to serve them as much as I can, I am now in negotiation of finding a, a place to buy branded plates and branded napkins and branded cups, which will be an upsell for mothers that are perfectionists and want everything to look very much the same. And it will be beautiful for them and it will be a better service for them. So yeah, I'm an entertainer, I'm a magician, I'm a balloon artist, I'm, I'm a decorator. Why do I need to sell plates? I don't, but I want to serve my customers. And if that's what they need me to do, that's what they'll get. So the tip was serve your customers, serve your Patreons. See you soon, guys. If you are coming to WBC 16, get ready for the impromptu jam. It will be on the 10th of April, either on the lobby or on another location that we will find and announce. So stay tuned in the Facebook group, stay tuned over email and get ready for the impromptu jam on the last day of WBC 16. See you in New Orleans. The Balloon Artist Podcast is brought to you by... Did it ever happen to you that someone asked for a yellow sword and you just didn't have any 260Q yellow? Well, it happened to me and I was so embarrassed of how unprofessional that is that I felt like I have to remember... I have to remember next time to buy that yellow 260s. For a long time, it happened to me that I just didn't have a good place to write down what is missing for me. That's where the idea for the balloon stock app was born. You can buy the balloon stock app for a very reasonable fee by looking for balloon stock on your mobile store, either on your iTunes or on your market. The Balloon Stock app supports a list of balloons that you choose their destiny. Maybe it's a list of your inventory. Maybe it's a list of what you want to buy. Maybe it's a list of balloons for a project. But the main thing is that this list is very easy to compile because of the auto search feature, because of the search by icon feature, because of the different filters. And after you compile that one list, It's so easy. You just press the cart icon and you can email the list either to yourself or to yourself and to your balloon provider according to your needs. Everything is super simple. I intend to put more features into the balloon stock app as soon as we have enough people on board. And I encourage you to try it out. The balloon stock app is available now. I hope you enjoy balloon stock app. And thank you for supporting it.